Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, Rockstar. Today, it's all about the final frontier for financial freedom and how to get yours. This is Terrio Media. Success in real estate has nothing to do with shiny objects. It has everything to do with mastering the basics. The three pillars of real estate investing. Attract, convert, exit. Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Hey, Epic Investor. It's Matt Terrio from Epic Real Estate, where we show people how to invest in real estate with an emphasis on retiring early. You don't have to retire, but you just can create the option for yourself that you can retire anytime that you want. That's freedom. That's real freedom to me. And uh, this is the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. And if this is your first time here, really glad that you found us. And if you like what you hear after everything's all said and done, make sure that you hit the subscribe button before you go because you don't want to miss an episode. We post cool stuff like this each and every day. And if this is not your first time here, welcome back. And thank you. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for sharing this with your friends and family. You are the absolute best for doing that. I love this about you. So thanks again. Alrighty, so let's talk about the final frontier of financial freedom. You know, I was at our, our new Epic Think Tank workshop this past week, and I'm getting to meet a whole bunch of new people here. And the, uh, the question came up, it, was, it had been a podcast listener, first time I ever met him, and he had asked me, uh, where did you read that real estate is the final frontier where the average person has a legitimate shot at real wealth? And I didn't have to think about it too much because I remember exactly where I didn't actually read it. I heard it. You know, I went on to, to tell my story about how Napster crushed the music stores, how the digital download went and put all the music stores out of business. If you're, I guess, under the age of 30, believe it or not, they used to have music stores. You'd walk into a store and actually buy music on compact discs and cassettes and albums. And uh, I, that's how I made my money in the first portion of my life, the first half of my life, is I sold compact discs. I sold music. And I had to, to start life over at the age of 34 because Napster just kind of changed the way, not kind of, totally changed the way that the world consumes music. Now we just go to our computer and download it. Now we don't even download it. Now we just stream it. Now you don't have to, you don't need, even need any computer space to store the stuff. And uh, so I had to start over at the age of 34. And I went from my 
very first seven-figure year the previous year to $7 an hour bagging groceries. And uh, it was the grocery store manager of all people that shared that expression with me, that real estate being the final frontier for the average person to have a legitimate shot at creating real wealth. And at the time, sounded really good when I heard it because uh, after about six months of that place, in hindsight, I think it was a total blessing and it's made for a great story ever since. But at the time, uh, it felt like hell. I, I, I wasn't sure if what he had said was true or not about it being the final frontier to wealth, but I really missed my money and I wanted it back, so I went with it. And that was probably, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago now, at least. And, and I've yet to see anything since that rivals real estate's wealth creation powers, especially when it comes to creating wealth for the average person. Certainly there are things out there that uh, there's wealthy people out there that don't have any real estate and made their money in a different way. But for the average person, that's the road. That's the way to do it. And, that, and what I mean by average person is you don't need any special skills or special talents, not a certain intelligence level, no privileges or, or background or connections or resources are necessary to harness real estate's wealth creation powers. And I've actually done quite a bit of research on the subject over the years in, in search of something easier and better because, you know, face it, I, I'm human too. And if there's an easier way, I want to know about it. If there's a better way, I want to know about it. And I just did not find anything else that would be easier or present more certainty in creating wealth and an overall financial freedom than real estate. Haven't found it. There was nothing. And I've been looking for a while. I kind of stopped looking because I just became convinced because I have found so much info that supports the idea. And I'll share with you what I found. And before I do, if you'd like to go deeper in your real estate investing, and you might like the new stuff that we're doing with our private clients at REI Ace to get them accelerated results in real estate. If uh, you like the sound of that, you can head over to reiace.com and check out what we're doing over there. Alrighty, reiace.com. Now, some of my research, because in the beginning, I wanted to make sure I was indeed pursuing the right thing. Like I said, I missed my money. And all I knew how to do was program a drum machine, press it to a compact disc, and go out and sell it. And I was really good at that. And I did, but that was like really my only skill. So there wasn't a whole lot of demand for that type of person in the industry at that time because even all the major labels like Sony and Universal, like they were laying off tens of thousands of people at a time. Big numbers of people were losing their jobs. That's how big of an impact the digital download had on the music industry. So I knew I had to learn something new and I wanted to make sure whatever it was that I chose that I was going to learn was attached to a really good promising, strong income potential. I wanted my money back. So what is it, what's my best chance of making it happen? And so one of the books that I was reading while I was at the grocery store was a book by Ken Fisher. You might know him of Fisher Investments. He's actually running a lot of commercials right now. But I read this book 15, 16 years ago, and uh, I didn't know who he was at the time, but the title really grabbed my attention. It's called The Ten Roads to Riches the 10 most commonly traveled roads to riches. And I was like, okay, the 10 most commonly traveled roads. Uh, I want to read that book. So I did. And it was 10 chapters and it had 10 different ways of how to, to get rich. And it, it was Ken Fisher, who a very successful financial planner, 
with a very elite, prestigious, wealthy clientele, just did an assessment of his clientele and looked at the, the 10 most common roads to riches that his own clients had traveled. Like number one was founding a company. Um, yeah, you, you started a business and it blew up. You know, if, if you are a company founder, that typically means something really big happened after you found it. Otherwise, you know, you're just an entrepreneur, right? The second one was CEO of a company. So you've climbed the corporate ladder and it rose all the way to the top and you became in charge. You became the man. You became the woman. You became the person in, in control of that. Uh, the third one was what he called ride-alongs. So like the number two people to really wealthy people. One of the examples he gave you uh, or gave was uh, Warren Buffett's right-hand man, Charlie Munger. Uh, maybe you've heard his name, maybe you haven't, but a uh, very, very wealthy man in his own right. And he got there on the basically the coattails of Warren Buffett. Not to be demeaning by any means. I'm sure he's a very smart, intelligent person to, to be Warren Buffett's right-hand person. But a ride-along, that's what he called it. Another example was uh, Bill Gates' ride-along was Paul Allen. And, uh, you know, Bill Gates, pretty much a household name. Paul Allen, uh, becoming more and more uh, known, I guess, especially if you're a sports fan, he owns a couple of franchises. But Paul Allen was another example. So being the number two person and right along with someone else that's on their way up. Number four was celebrity. So an actor, uh, a singer, uh, an athlete. Those were examples. Um, inventors. You invented something that changed the world and you got paid a boatload of money for it. Another one that I thought was really funny, but uh, he pointed out so many examples. It was like, wow, I guess that actually is one. And it was marrying well, like you marry into wealth. And uh, I suppose that's, that's certainly an option. And I immediately was thinking about, I mean, just the, the vision that comes to mind is, you know, the, the the young, attractive girl marrying the old man on their deathbed. But uh, the examples he gave were actually of men doing it. Um, oh, my gosh, this guy, the name escapes me. He was a, a political candidate. He ran for president, really good-looking guy, uh, dark brown hair, younger-looking, and he married into the Heinz fortune, the heiress of Heinz, and uh, he made a bunch of money doing that. And then he got divorced walked away with a bunch of money, and then did it all over again and married into other, some other family. I don't know if the sequence was right. I don't know who he's married to now. Not Clark. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Marrying well, that was another example. Uh, another road to riches was stealing it. And he uh, put in parentheses, legally, of course. And uh, what he's talking about is mergers and acquisitions, doing hostile takeovers. If you saw the movie Pretty Woman, that's what Richard Gere did, right? Mergers and acquisitions. Then uh, using OPM, other people's money. And the example he gave there were hedge fund managers, people that take other people's money and invest it for them and then get a big fat fee for doing that. So hedge fund managers, that was another one. And then the, another one was just having good fortune in the stock market, being, you know, picking winners and letting compound interest do its work. So that was another one. And then uh, lastly, real estate, what he calls land barons. And he went on specifically to uh, define that, people that buy real estate and hold on to it. And he even had a distinction in there and uh, 
uh, talked for a, a few minutes that he is not talking about fix and flippers, which I thought was very interesting at the time, and it's probably why I'm such a, a buy-and-hold fanatic. Um, I certainly flip properties because I like the cash, but uh, most of the time I take that cash and I direct it towards creating cash flow, buy and hold. So the land baron. So when you look at all of those, you know, uh, of someone that interacts with a high volume of wealthy people and he looks at all those common roads, you know, you could found a company, you could climb the corporate ladder, you could find a really wealthy person and, and tag along, ride along with them. You could go out and become a celebrity. I mean, maybe you're going to be an actor or an actress or you have got a really good voice and you want to go on American Idol and take your chances there. Or maybe you're physically gifted and you're going to be a great athlete. That's certainly all possible. Um, you could invent something. Um, or you can go and, and hit, the, uh, <laughs> hit the circuit and try to find someone that uh, a wealthy family to marry into. You could... Take on mergers and acquisitions. You could become a hedge fund manager. Uh, you could take your, do a lot of studying and, and take on the stock market. And hopefully good fortune and a little bit of luck is on your side. And wait a long time to let count, uh, compound interest do its work. Or you could do real estate. So just with that study of somebody in that position, I just went down all of those. I was like, nope, uh, founding a company maybe, but uh, it ain't going to be Microsoft, right? Not going to be Facebook. Uh, a CEO of a company, I really don't have the credentials to go climb the corporate ladder uh, right along. I, I don't know anyone that's on their way up that I could go and support that way. Um, celebrity at this point, uh, I kind of had enough of the entertainment industry. Plus, I'm not really gifted with a good voice or, or acting chops. Um, inventor, I didn't really have any ideas. Uh, marrying well. Um, after just getting divorced through all that whole process, that wasn't really high on my list. And uh, the uh, mergers and acquisitions, I had no idea how that even worked. And then using other people's money, becoming a hedge fund manager, totally uh, n no comprehension of that either. The stock market just, uh, it seemed like a long time, even if I got it right. So real estate, that's kind of what I was only left with. And that's how I chose this. And that's uh, how, the, uh, how the wealthy do it. And I was like, okay, I'm all in. And that's when I made that big giant investment in my real estate investing education. And I just went and applied myself and did what they told me to do. And I just kept on doing it with massive consistency and persistence until I got what I got. And looking back, I think I chose the right path because all those others, they still don't seem like really great options for me today. So the final frontier, my grocery store manager, quite a, a smart person, wise beyond their years. And then I went and did uh, this just recently before I started recording this. I was like, what does the research look like right now, right? So uh, I found, I think, this was, I think this was Forbes, how the world's billionaires got so rich. This was the 2019 list. Okay, the world's billionaires with a B. Uh, top 10 industries for 2019. Number one was finance and investments. So there you got those hedge fund managers, right? There's 306 billionaires. It comprised 14% of the list. Number two was fashion and retail. So that was 230 billionaires, 11% of the list. So if you've got the, the fashion chops or to run a retail store, um, I don't know exactly what, what the details of are, are that, but there is an option, right? Number three, real estate. 
223 billionaires in the real estate industry, 10% of the list. So it might not have been the biggest wealth producer or producing the most billionaires, but when you look at finance and investments, hedge fund managing, or fashion and retail, real estate seems a whole lot easier to me and more comprehensible and simpler than those first two. Right? And the number four, just for entertainment purposes only, was technology. The number five was manufacturing. Six was diversified. I don't actually don't know what that means. Does that mean diversified industries? I'm not sure. Um, number seven was food and beverage. Number eight was healthcare. Nine was energy. And 10 was media and entertainment. Real estate. Why is it real estate? Why did it show up in Ken Fisher's book as one of those top 10 roads to riches and certainly the most accessible for the average person? It ended up as number three on the top 10 industries for 2019. And when you go through all of those, still probably the only one there accessible to the average person, all confirming what my grocery store manager said to me 16 years ago. So real estate, here's why. Because it's the only asset class available to the everyday person that produces cash flow, that appreciates, that reduces your, reduces your tax bill. It's one of the last um, tax shelters available to the average person. You have the ability to leverage in real estate like in no other. So there's your five times on average, all of the other profit centers by the use of leverage. And then you've got the amortization thing. Someone else pays that off for you. Someone else is actually paying down the loan. And then you can also force equity. And it's a hedge against inflation. You can't say that about any other asset class. You can't. And it's this that led to Andrew Carnegie's famous quote at the turn of the century. He said, 90% of all millionaires become so through owning real estate. And he said that at the top of the century. And if we look at the 2019 list, it's pretty darn accurate, 90%. More money has been made in real estate than in all industry industrial investments combined. The wise young man or wage earner of today's invests his money in real estate. Well, let me read that again. The wise young man or wage earner of today invests his money in real estate. Got it. He's saying it's a wise investment. That's Andrew Carnegie, billionaire industrialist. And he was a billionaire 100 years ago. So that meant a lot more back then. Uh, Marshall Field, an American entrepreneur, said buying real estate is not only the best way, the quickest way, the safest way, but the only way to become wealthy. It's not only the best way, the quickest way, the safest way, but the only way to become wealthy. Marshall Field, entrepreneur. Louis Glickman said, the best investment on earth is earth. And Armstrong Williams said, now one thing I tell everyone is learn about real estate. Repeat after me. Real estate provides the highest returns, the greatest values, and the least risk. It's the final frontier where the average person has a legitimate shot at creating real wealth and ultimately financial freedom, your financial freedom. You really don't stand a chance at any sort of financial freedom unless you incorporate real estate into your financial plan. So who said that? Who's that quote from? That would be mine. You just don't stand a chance unless you figure this real estate thing out. And that's why I produced this podcast and have been doing it for more than a decade now. Can you believe it? Officially the longest running active real estate investing podcast. 
So tune in here each and every day and I'll continue showing you how to be a better real estate investor so you can create your wealth and financial freedom too. So if you found this episode valuable, there's a good chance you know someone else who would also. So if it makes sense, share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here and I'll take really, really good care of them. I promise. Alrighty, that's it for today. God loves you and so do I. Peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.